You're listening to Modern Mystic Soul, a podcast dedicated to helping starseeds like you go from awakened to activated. My name is Therese Tucker. I'm an intuitive artist, psychic medium, teacher of intuition, and author of Confidence is Magic. And I'm sitting down to talk with you about the ascension process, the spiritual growth lessons I've learned, and how to move into a more aligned frequency so you can fully experience your destiny. In this episode of the Modern Mystic Soul podcast, I'm sitting down again with Maria Owl to talk about her new book, Planetary Ascension, The Purpose of 3D and the Choice We Face, which is available now on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback. And to remind you, Maria Owl is an international spiritual teacher, channel healer, and author with a background in indigenous wisdom, psychology, transformational group work, and earth-based leadership. Maria leads trainings globally to support rising light leaders to step into their calling. Maria is a CEO of Sacred Future, and you can learn more about her at sacredfuture.org. And just as a side note, there was a printing issue on Amazon with the paperback, but as of December 1st, that's been completely resolved and you're going to get the best copy that's been available to date. I look forward to sharing this episode with you. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Modern Mystic Soul podcast. And I'm so excited to let you know that we have with us again, Maria Owl of Sacred Future. And we're here today talking about her beautiful book called Planetary Ascension, The Purpose of 3D and the Choice We Face. Um, Maria, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Therese. Very happy to be with you again. So, I want to know what inspired you to write this book? Um, that's an easy answer for me. <laughs> Back in 20, uh, I want to say 18, I was nearly done reading the Law of One raw material books um, by LL Research and that team. And um, in book four, I came to, uh, I think near the beginning, there is this chapter that, or this section that just like, um, stopped me in my tracks. I had to reread it and reread it. And it was all about the choice. And I know that you and I are aligned on this. You talk about this a lot too. And the choice, uh, the choice, basically, you know, what they were saying is service to others or service to self, love or fear. And that that's what third density is for. Like that's what this octave is for, is for us to have, uh, like grow and evolve through, through experiences and catalysts, like positive catalysts, negative catalysts, to grow and evolve to a place of being um, the majority of our um, consciousness is aimed towards and vibrating at positivity and love and care for others. And um, even if we still have a certain smaller percentage that is still learning about what we're not in power, dynamics, etc., negative at shadow aspects, it's still the choice is there. It has been made. And then we can move into our shadow work in love, in the vibration of love and care for ourselves, you know, and it's not going to be um, a beating yourself up kind of experience. <laughs> so that that really catalyzed me, and I thought like I'm I need to do a a blog. I need to write something like a small ebook on this to just. It was that big for me that I needed to interpret it you know because a lot of one books are really dense they're they can be difficult oh, yeah. to read yeah yes. and it's and i appreciate the people that have been interpreters of that <laughs> of that material and you know mine is is very layman 
layman terms, you know, and I take it and I just put it into like, how does this apply to our lives right now? Because my context of the world right now is that we're going through a planetary ascension. And that existed, that knowing existed for me um, since before 2012, um, diving into the Mayan um, calendar and prophecies way back, you know, in my 20s and my 30s. Uh, that's that's been my context and and guiding kind of uh, riverbanks for me in my life. So that that ebook, that thirty page ebook, turned into an over two hundred page, you know, book. And two years later, uh, this this last January, I published it through Amazon. So and I'm grateful. I'm grateful that that's the route it took because it needed to be a larger conversation and it needed to be a larger transmission where um, I bring in corroborating like the science, I bring in my own channeling, infra channeled information from 2018, 2019, 2020. I bring in the law of one and kind of define, help people understand the terminologies there and how it connects and the Mayan prophecy and other things as well. And we, and all together, it's kind of this tapestry that gets woven of a understanding of what's going on in the world right now. Um, yeah. So I think such a I was just gonna say, you use the exact words that I was going to use. You really wove um, this book beautifully because you have not only helped sort of break down the complex concepts from the law of one, but you also weave in your own life story and your own channelings throughout the book, making it, you know, it's giving it this beautiful layer, showing like your process as you're understanding how we go through ascension. And it's such a beautiful companion book to the law of one series. So if you are reading or listening to the law of one, I would add this as an accompaniment because again it helps to sort of take those bigger concepts and even uh, raw themselves right says that the language that they use you know they're limited by it so they're not coming from a human perspective they're coming from vibration you know, and, frequency. and other exactly a different frequency and so some of the nuances or the way that humans interpret things are are left on the table and this is a beautiful way of bringing that together, um, mixing in your own experience to help develop how you're understanding the process. And I think it's really valuable to read. And I think it's going to help invoke other people's own soul. Oh, I don't know if you heard that. That's my kitty. He's sneezing. Right now. Aww. Um, oh, oh, he's got a cold with me. <laughs> um, own soul experiences where they can start to sort of see you as a mirror in their own ascension process. So I think it's a really beautiful and valuable for that. So again, I'm just, I'm so grateful that I, I have this book and that you're sharing it with the world because I think it's really valuable. Um, so you have so, so many great topics in here and you're not just talking about the choice point, which I agree with you. Understanding that piece was like an eye opener in my own experience as well. As soon as I understood why we go through third density, it made it so much easier to be in this vibration. Yeah. Well, and for me, it was also that it, that it's not the, it's not um, just ongoing forever. Like that three yeah. third density as a, as a, as a soul incarnating into form you know, and reincarnating and reincarnating and having and growing and learning, this isn't forever. You know, third density does end. And I, I put that right up Thank front. Gosh. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. When I realized that third density does end and we move on to fourth density, like I understood, you know, the whole um, 5D thing that came online. I talk about that in the book too. Um, I remember it would like back um, around 2012, this uh, conversation is around fifth dimension, 5D, we're moving into 5D, 5D, 5D. And I realized like the way that I kind of understood that was that we are, 
our consciousness is raising. We are moving into unified consciousness, more love, more kindness. Like we're waking up, we're maturing, we're going to create structures and designs for the new world and we're going to birth the new earth. Um, and then I went into the law of one material and I understood that there's, you know, what, a, wait, wait, nobody's talking about fourth. <laughs> what happened to fourth? Right. We right. it's fourth uncool. Like, what's going on with that? So I started to, you know, th so through the books, you learn about the octaves and you learn about the wanderers, you know, the, the higher density beings who choose to come and serve at third density on Earth at this time. Um, but we're actually wired for higher density consciousness. And so, yeah, we may leap to straight to 5D, straight to 6D um you know when it's time but this is a great point i'd love to to hear your perspective on this because i remember i think it was 2018 when i was talking to my team and they were like at that point letting me know they said we're about to submerge into 4d um that's what i heard from them and then i started to see and then in 2020 you really started to see it because they told me before that point, they said we're about to enter what they called, my team refers to as a detox vibration, yes. where you will see extreme polarization. It's like the separating of the two polarities, right? And you'll be aware in when we were deeply in third density, they were really enmeshed. And that's where a deception and things were really easy, yeah. you know, for negative entities to deceive and, and play like light beings. Yeah. Um, Whereas now it's not, it's like, you can't do that. It's too, it's, it's too um, obvious. The two poles are really um, polarizing. And you, you mentioned kindness. That is one of the lessons I think we do learn in fourth density. And I, I feel we are in it. We're in the beginning of it already. And, and just, if you think about what Ross says about like the lessons of love, and I've always thought like, what are the lessons of love? I mean, like, Love feels like this beautiful, infinite energy that's sort of whole in itself. And then we start moving into 4D and you mentioned the word kindness. And this is one of those areas where kindness has really had an interesting interpretation during this period. I feel like we're actually learning lessons about what kindness truly is and how we can use kindness as sort of a cover for an agenda right or behavior you know behavior mm -hmm. modification and i just want to hear mm -hmm. your take yeah. on, yeah. on all that everything can be manipulated everything every word can be co-opted every phrase can be co-opted and that happens all the time all the time in the mainstream narrative um they co-opt um indigenous culture phrases words um beliefs they you know all mystical traditions have been co-opted and used you know, to bring people into an agenda um, because human consciousness is the greatest power in the universe, right? Um, con the, the advanced consciousness. So on earth, human beings are the advanced consciousness. Whales and dolphins are more advanced, but, <laughs> but <laughs> human consciousness being split, you know, in the negative and the positive, in the light and the dark, we have this split dual consciousness in 3D. And so therefore, we're kind of um, up for grabs for um, those more advanced, um, more powerful wielding power beings to try to harness this commodity as they see it. We are a commodity. Our energy, our electromagnetic energy is a commodity. Our consciousness, our thoughts are a commodity. Like if you can train and direct human consciousness uh, and feed your agenda with it, you're creating reality, right? And so yeah. the, the beings that were really kind of in the reversals and they're more of a, you know, a reversal black hole, they suck, they take, you know, they suck the energy, they take it because they don't have their own right. versus, you know, the harmonic universe and the eternal life matrices, right? And those are actually fractaline and crystalline in nature in essence, and are constantly generating and creating and infinite energy. 
And that's what divine human beings are. That's what our blueprint is. And so we are full of the power to create and they are not, and they need us to create, you know, what they want, or they realize that what they can do is just not enough because they want the global influence, right? Not just the immediate influence that they can generate themselves. So all of this narratives and propaganda and advertising and all of this manipulation that's going on, um, if ever you feel coerced or like you're being convinced into believing something, um, then that is because you are, you're trying, you're, you're being harnessed, like you're trying to be, they're trying to harness you. So it's wonderful to learn critical thinking, to know that you're the authority and sovereign in your life and to really discern from that throne of your I am consciousness, you discern what is in my highest good, what is in the highest good of all. My my life is devoted to that. And from that place, you can really kind of the veils can lift more and you'll see reality more clearly. And you can unpeel the layers of illusion and see those behind the scene, what's behind that curtain you know, and what's pulling the strings there? Where's the money? Follow the money. You know, who's right. Follow the money. advertising, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You know, okay, so you make a great point and you're talking about, um, and it's, it, you also cover it in the book as well. So she goes into more detail around why, why would um, a, a negative entity type group use the third density? Why would they use us to, continue the the pain and suffering that we have on the planet she goes into that there but what I want to touch on with you since I have you here is I've heard within the spiritual communities right we've got (laughs) polarity exists everywhere there is no corner of our um, conscious awareness where we're not experiencing polarizing thoughts and I feel like it's part of the plan, the bigger universal plan to get us to go within to seek truth. I, I, I think they even mention it in the law of one that the deeper we go into this energy, the more and more the veil of confusion seems to work upon us. And it's by design to get us to stop seeking without ourselves and seek within. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes hear kind of two different camps when it comes to negative entities and I just want to preface this with I believe we're all sovereign beings I believe we have the power I do not believe anything has power over me unless I grant it some kind of power having said that I come from the perspective where I acknowledge their existence without empowering them so they don't get my fear they don't in my head, it's kind of like grumpy people is how I see them. You know, they might be invisible or, or in another dimension, but ultimately they're just in, like, they're just not in a good space. And that doesn't mean that they are, that they have some way of controlling me unless I allow that. Um, However, I have heard different people in the spiritual community say there's no such thing as negative entities, that they you know, it's our perception of it and they don't exist. I'm looking at your face and you're, you're saying so much there. So I'm going to hand it to you. What, give me your take. What do you see it as? Um, well, I get, I get curious if the people who believe say that, and this is what I've, pers- this is what I've seen is the, the more scientific minded and the less emotionally or empathic um, wired humans um, can much more easily say a statement like that. I don't know, you know, I don't know who you're, who is actually saying this, but I'm generalizing because um, you could say they aren't generators. They aren't frequency generators. They aren't channels. And so when you're wired as a channel and you're highly empathic, those who are wired as, as channels, as conduits, they're the ones who, when they're born in a traditional perspective, in an indigenous culture, if you were born within your tribe who live close to the earth, who are 
have your traditions, have your rituals and ceremonies in your annual calendar of honoring the cycles of nature, etc. Feeding the ancestors, etc. If you if you're born into that continuum, when you're born, you're recognized. You're immediately recognized because there's something cosmic, you know, that happens when you're born. And the shaman medicine person, the priest priestesses, they recognize your soul by looking into your eyes. They feel your emanation and they start to watch you as you grow up. They watch you. They watch. Are you kind? Are you selfish? Are you greedy? Are you sharing? And then they watch, you know, like, oh, now this child is having these interesting phenomena happening. They're seeing ancestors walking around the village they're staring into the fire for long periods of time right and so that child is observed through their life until they come to um, puberty right and at puberty just like menopause for women this is a time of a huge amount of power coming into the form uh, the vessel as well it's a time of stepping into more responsibility and maturity in your community traditionally speaking and so at this time, the child is taken under the wings of the shamans and trained. You know, their training begins in earnest. And of course, they're continued to being um, guided, um, helped to develop their abilities, right? The one, you know, there are other spheres of influence that the babies are born into in the village. You know, they're the fishermen, they're the weavers. There are the growers, those who can talk to the seeds and the plants. There's, you know, all kind of animal husbandry. There's all kinds of ways yeah. to contribute. So we take that scenario, we take that kind of narrative and story of where our ancestors lived and indigenous people live, and then we put it on modern day. It's just like, oh my God, if you're born a sensitive person in the modern um, model, in the systems we have today, um, there's a real danger there because you still have the openness, you still have the propensity for all that power to course through you, yet you don't have the mentoring or examples of choosing love and directing it into service for your community. All you have is video games is a is like a really dysfunctional educational system if you're lucky you go to a good school <laughs> you know um maybe you have healthy parents or one healthy parent you know and and so that's so you end up in this kind of trauma triangle survival mode um with your abilities coming online guess what that one is going to be very kind of targeted by negative beings because if they can get a hold of someone with that kind of power that's a lot of benefit to the negativity right so right well don't they also seek they tend to seek people who have an ability to influence right and so people who have that ability to channel or to receive messages i would suppose would be perceived as influential by negative entities because there's oh. a good chance they'll be passing on messages right right and and the negative beings will groom them um with promises right mm -hmm. and so i'm not just so, making this up this is direct stories i've been told by medicine people I've met from around the world and you hear it over and over again if you interview if you talk to if you have the opportunity to really drop in with a shaman or medicine person from an indigenous tribe their stories are fascinating of how they were initiated into positive service for their community and their people how they chose they had to choose love and service to others but boy were they tempted they were seduced you know, they could have gone the other way. And as a child, for me growing up, I was constantly um, being, I was under attack. So this is my very personal experience of very um, negative, I would say demonic beings coming and trying to scare, I mean, they did terrify me as a child and try to yeah. jump into my body and possess me. 
Um, because then if they could have a possession of me and live partly in me, right? If that, cause that's the goal is like they partially kick part of your soul out. So you have a soul fragment out, part of your consciousness is in, and then they're in there too. And they're creating addictions. They're creating narcissistic drives, sexual drives, inappropriate behavior, you know, and they can pro like, I'll get you the money, the car, the fame. I'll give you all that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we see it within our celebrity culture. It's, That's it's right. more obvious there it's because they have a obvious. bigger sphere of influence. Right. right. But uh, your story definitely resonates with my own experience. I mean, that was how I sort of knew something was up was being able to see things that were very uncomfortable to see and no one else seeing it. Right? right. And then having to make choices around that as a kid, like, do I continue to talk about this or how do I self-soothe That's when right. this is happening? Because it was too much. Um, and I, I know a lot of sensitive people, what we end up doing when we don't have the guidance that you're talking about is we end up shutting ourselves down in some way out of protection is right. that we're, or we, like you said, we develop um, addictive personality habits or um, coping mechanisms that allow us to sort of buffer the, the noise that still comes through. It still comes through even when we're doing that. So what ends up happening is we, you know, unless we have, um, again, sought a path of self-healing and self-help, then what we end up doing is sort of doubling down on our coping mechanisms. And that leads to bigger problems in our lives. Yes. Um, so going back then to what you had said before, because I want to tie in the Ascension aspect to it. So there's, you know, and this is the, the very short version of how I understand it, but a ton of wanderers or star seeds or light workers, whatever you want to call them, came onto this planet. And it really was kind of kicked off by the, the atom bomb going off. That's when everybody was like, oh crap, we had a new tactic time because the sending love and support energetically to those who are open wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to raise the vibration. So we had to make choices from the outside to agree to come into this, this planetary sphere and raise it from within. And so that means there is a, it doesn't mean everybody here is going to channel or everybody here is, you know, is bound to be psychic or use those abilities in some professional manner it just means there's a lot of us here and like you said generators generating energy and we can be doing that through the simplest of things going for a walk being at the grocery store generating that loving energy but then it makes sense if you think about it if we have this influx of light on a plane that's also sort of up for grabs. There's like an influence of, or it's kind of like a spiritual war, like they talk about going on. So if you're going to have an influx of light, it seems natural, especially in 3D, because it's evenly offered polarization that you're going to have this sort of sweeping in. Or what do you think? Did the darkness come in more or was it already pretty established on the planet? Oh, from what point? Well, that's a good question. When do you think it <laughs> that's another question then? When would you, um, through your research, when does it seem it really started to establish itself that the negative um, vibration is dominant on the planet? Yeah, it's hard to put a number on that. Um, or but a time I, period. Yeah, if people, if people kind of want to do a deep dive in that, I highly recommend uh, reading Forgotten Genesis by Radu Sim Cinemar, and it's part of the Transylvania Sunrise series. Um, seven books in this series. The eighth book should be out soon. Praying for that to come out soon. Um, it's by Sky Books, and if you go to Sky Books, maybe .com, maybe probably .com, um, look for Forgotten Genesis. Um, I recommend the whole series um, because I believe that's book uh, six. Um, but so what Radu explains here is that for a long time, um, uh, we have had the beautiful, loving care and nurturing influence of, um, 
the higher density, um, the higher density beings, uh, not from earth, but from the beginnings of earth, helping earth to get established and helping the humanoid consciousness on earth to take leaps of, of evolution. Um, right. Towards a, I mean, there, it's like genetics is the, is the most valued thing in the universe, right? <laughs> Once you get into fourth, fifth, sixth density, like higher densities, genetics is and, precious. And, and why is that? Why is it so precious? There's, I would say that it's the building blocks of the material world. It is what allows us to have a material reality to engage with, whether it's a higher or lower density material world. Um, it's all, you know, the etheric genetics exist as well. Like, for example, in our bodies, we have 12 strands of DNA, but 10 of them are on a different <laughs> dimension. Um, yep. And two of them are in 3D in the double helix. And so what has happened is that these Syrian, it started with the Syrian, um, the Syrian solar system, like the, the, the cedar, race, cedar races, you could call them the founders, the guardians. They came in and they began to combine their genetics um, and they're very, very meticulous. They don't haphazardly do it, yet they're also um, doing something that's never been done before, you know, and combining it with um, the indigenous humanoid um, genetics on the planet that were more uh, very tribal earth oriented, more ape-like, right? And so with that combination, there comes an expression that is um, just a, more awake, more advanced, um, more self-aware, more at choice, more sovereign, understanding the connection with source, with the one, uh, the law of one. And so then there's suddenly this spectrum of consciousness on the planet with the, with the introduction of different Syrian genetics. And they got to a point where they created a form, um, a genetic form, humanoid on earth that could actually host it could actually host a pure genetic soul a pure extraterrestrial soul so a syrian or pleiadian or arcturian um, vibration of a soul could now incarnate and take form on 3d earth whereas up to that point the third density body could not hold a higher advanced soul in it so that had to be fostered and nurtured into being over millennia, you know? Um, yeah. And once the souls of the higher density beings could come in, then they would just sit and meditate and they are changing the genetic by being in the body. The soul's emanation being in the body was changing and influencing the genetics. And so now again, right, hundreds of thousands of years more pass. And now we have these cycles, cosmo cosmological cycles, planetary cycles, solar system cycles, galactic cycles. And the advanced ETs know that the influence of planets on each other, right? And so when huge planetary bodies are in a certain alignment with the earth and the sun and all like in a perfect alignment to make a huge influence on the earth that can catalyze a major leap in evolution and they've actually found this in fossilized records that when you look at you know the the kind of evolutionary journey of life on earth it's the most advanced life on earth the most advanced nervous systems that every like there's cycles like every 165,000 years every 360,000 years there is suddenly a major leap of evolution 
a major leap, a major awakening that happens where the most advanced life form suddenly changes into something new, right? And that's where the Maya, you know, when you look at the Mayan calendar, that's what they call a baktun, the end of one cycle and the beginning of a new cycle of humanity. Um, When we came to the fall of Atlantis, we fell and we went into a reversal. And at that juncture, before that, so this is kind of like, let's answer the question about when did these negative beings come in? Um, I don't, mm-hmm. I can't give time scales. It's very difficult to do that. Many people say different things, but they're all kind of in the same ballpark. I give that, I give a couple examples of that for the fall of Atlantis happening in three cycles um, in my book. But at the fall of Atlantis, you start to have, um, unfortunately, a tipping point of a negative genetic that had been introduced into humans on Earth that starts to really start to poison uh, consciousness and create a much larger divide, more Mm -hmm. greed, more service to self-orientation, which is what these um, beings who came, some say from the Orion belt, though not all Orion is negative, but these specific beings from the Orion area, the Orion wars, and they came um, to this planet because it poised an opportunity for them to have um, a domination, a global domination over time. And they live for a very long time. So they, they see things in those long-term influence. Right. They started seeding their genetics into the humanoids on Earth. And now people are being born and they have Syrian, Pleiadian, Arturian, Lyran, you know, and now Orion and you know, this reptilian influence. And at the fall of Atlantis, this was a moment where those who had the, I want to say the majority of the original um, star seeded genetics, and they were the giants. These are the giants on earth. These are the very mm-hmm. tall, long, tall beings, you know, who were the cedar races on earth. And they had, they still had those, a majority of that or at least 50% of that and they knew the the surface of the earth is about to go under a very negative phase right it's going into a forgetting time a darkness cycle and therefore the giants started to leave but before they did they created halls of records they created um inner earth sanctuaries and libraries to hold the history of the planet all of the birthright of humanity right so that it would never be lost right so these can be dragon eggs of information um pool like the inner earth pituitary gland like you know the inner memory the inner libraries of earth and these were underneath i you know what we felt when we were traveling in the yucatan that underneath palenque there is a major um there's a major site of libraries underneath Peru, underneath you know Egypt. There's these major halls of records all over the earth that these our ancestors, the cedar races, put into place. And then they either left the planet or ascended, or they stayed in the inner earth, but more etheric astral realms of inner earth, right? Now on the surface of the earth, you know, goes into territorial wars like some of the peaceful colonies created the beautiful Minoan, you know, and, and Sumerian cultures, the inner earth, I mean, the surface earth, goddess cultures really thrived. And then you have the, you know, the horse patriarchal uh, from the north that started taking off and getting more territorial and more domination centered, conquering centered, right? And then we have that whole history of what happened there. And then the flood happened, the great flood that we hear about. Do you want to join the next Spirit Circle? Spirit Circles are virtual gatherings I hold every new moon and full moon, 
where I'll take you deep into the cosmic codes to receive the messages on how to work in alignment with source energy. The first 60 minutes include energy attunements, journaling, masterminds, guided visualizations, and more. Each spirit circle includes a 30-minute psychic Q&A session with me to get answers from your guides and spirit team. Every session is recorded and it's yours to keep to use again and again. If you want to join me for the upcoming spirit circle, please go to blithestarlight.com forward slash spirit dash circles. I hope to see you there. Well, this, this brings me to talking about um, proof of ascension. And I want to start by saying that one of the things that my team has shown me, and they use visuals a lot, um, they inspire me to paint them, but they were talking about um, the cycles of time, that this thing repeats itself over and over. And so it's not a, an, a linear upward trajectory where we just go up, 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 and up, but rather that spiral you know, that can ascend and descend as well. And they were showing me how um, in 2016, they were saying the golden age is coming and they were showing me that we're coming into this golden age. But if you look at the whole wheel, they showed me the top is the golden age. And then, you know, it descends through silver and bronze into the iron age, which would be the, the shadow or the Kali Yuga age, right? And that's kind of like what's ending. And so as we ascend into the golden age, we have to step up into that consciousness. But they were saying with like Atlantis, for example, how you can know Atlantis, right? Had its golden age. It had its peak yes. of open consciousness, people understanding how it works. And then when it started to descend, as I understand it, they were getting a little cocky and trying to be God, right? They were trying to create as God creates. And that's how it started to fall apart because they were, you know, manipulating and mutating life without necessarily life's agreement to, to having that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they were sort of, I feel like they were crossing over free will. And it's like, once you start to do that, you really start to, you can see that descent start to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the same with Egypt too. There was a period of the golden age of Egypt, right. Where the information was out and free and public and everyone had access to it and you can see when it descends because it starts to get pulled inward it becomes secretive and then only certain people have access to it That's until right. before too long civilization doesn't even know its secrets anymore mm -hmm. and so i i want to hand this question over to you because it's not a lot of people i hear but just every once in a while people go into doubt right when it's they they hear about ascension or moving into higher frequencies and how there'll be this, you know, two world, maybe three world split where we'll get to experience the higher vibrational, more loving aspects of life and people want it bad. And yet we still have to go through this sort of karmic cleanup and release process. And that can cause doubt in people, even to the point of being like, I don't know, maybe this ascension thing is just a bunch of new age BS and it doesn't mean anything. Um, but before we got on this podcast, we were talking about there's proof of ascension happening before. So I want to hand that over to you and yeah. you could share some of that with us. Well, the paradox is that the doubt is your proof that it's happening, right? <laughs> so explain that, explain that. <laughs> because it's if we were not in a major catalyst that is you could say designed for us to take an evolutionary leap in consciousness the world events would not be what they are right now none of it we would be like humdrum mundane living you know, chop wood, carry water, and everybody all around the earth would just be kind of like that, you know? And that's not, <laughs> that's not what's happening. Like, no. on every single level, people are being asked by their higher self, by their inner, inner self. They're being asked to make a choice to separate 
or to connect, you know, to themselves, yeah. to others, to God, to, to nature, etc. And when I look around, the temptations, especially with the high-tech influences and AI influences, the temptations are so are advanced right now like they they're they're like nothing we've ever seen before Meta oh my gosh really have you wait have you heard about the oculus glass you know those the oculus is that um ar or virtual reality interface right so yeah. you wear them and it's like you're in it i heard um a news segment that the person who invented those has already invented a prototype of these glasses that allow you to raise the stakes of virtual reality by killing you if you die in the game. The glasses themselves will kill you. And I'm like, it's, what is happening? Like this is, that's end time madness to me. Why yeah, would you exactly. want to further separate exactly. from reality and have the stakes be the same in reality right. and not be in reality? It's like, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, and here in Hawaii, I think probably everywhere, but in Hawaii, we have another like end time madness experience of these um, these books for children, for minors, that are the federal government has issued to all the libraries showing them how to have sex in every single way you can imagine, same sex, opposite sex, and it's ex it's cartoon figures, but it's totally explicit it's pornography it's child pornography right in a comic book in the children's section right, right? and i'm like yeah. oh, okay this is no yeah it's the normalizing of Ooh. things that we already morally understand as you know yeah. that's wrong and so and yet now we're all, creating right? these weird gray lines yeah yeah so, right yeah and so it's it's like coming so this is what I'm saying. It's like the paradox is we, it's like everything happening that's, that's causing the doubt that's causing doubt only exists because there's fear. Doubt, mm -hmm. doubt is like a survival technique of not being able to emotionally um, work with the fear you feel, right? So it's self-preservation, right? Yeah, self-preservation is doubt. And so if, if you were not afraid to die, then you wouldn't feel doubt. If you weren't afraid of separation from God, if you weren't afraid of separation from your own soul, right? And so it's self-preservation to try to kind of like come out of the insanity, but instead you numb, you go apathetic, you go complacent or you succumb, right? But that's not freedom. That's false freedom. That's false comfort. Yet fighting and like at least with anger, you're you're kind of like authentically feeling your emotions of, around what's happening. Yeah. Yet you're still within the trauma triangle. You're still being controlled right. by that reactionary emotion, right? Right. So what I realize is that the hologram, right? The reverse matrixes, these, the chaos, the choice we're making in 3D is to, we can unplug from what is not us. You can unplug from the chaos. You can unplug from the trauma triangle. You can unplug from giving your precious life force and energy, right? Remember, you're the energy creator. You're the commodity. Right. Right. And just say, no, I'm not, I actually am not going to invest any of my essence and life force into those narratives, into those, into those environments, into those organizations. It's okay that other people choose to because that's their choice. They want to right. go on and experience that. You don't have to. You can just accept, let go, 
and focus 100% on who you are, what brings you joy, what your mission is, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, gosh, I'm sitting here and there's macadamia nut trees like flowering around me and there's a butterfly and the sun feels lovely on my skin, you know, and yes, there's chaos in the world, but I am not that chaos. I am not. I am a frequency that is in har I am harmonic. I, I am a harmonic frequency in the universe. And at that point, like one morning I woke, when actually it was the evening, I was falling asleep in bed and I was really wrapped up in my doubt. I was really like, I could feel my core twisted in fear. Yeah. And I was like, how am I going to fall asleep? I am so, I forgot what news of the day had done, you know, had triggered me. Um, and yeah. I suddenly this, this voice came in and I felt it was the voice of God came in and said, you know, why are you spending so much time invested in how much they hate you when you could be spending that time feeling how much I love you? Ooh, I love that. Oh, that was a good way to go, God. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a choice. That's a choice. That's a choice. So resonant. I just recorded my karma cards for this week and it really did hit on that. It was talking about how at one point they were sending a message about how we tend to bond. You know, human beings, we're, as you know, communal beings. We want to be connected to one another. Um, and we bond sometimes through what we agree with, but sometimes we bond about through complaining and about what we don't want. We, we really like to bond in that way a lot. And so it was talking about, why don't you bond about what you want to have happen rather than bonding over things that you don't want to have happen. And yes. something you said earlier about how self-doubt is proof of the ascension happening reminds me that in the law of one, they talk about before a major shift occurs, catalyst will be present. They say That's that, right? So right. catalyst. Yeah. And look at all so the catalyst. Look at it all. all oh of my it. gosh. Nobody is free from it. No one. And so when you were talking about the books in, in the library in Hawaii, I was like, that's catalyst. Look, now that's you catalyst. have a choice point because yeah. as, as a parent, I can look at that and I can make a choice about it and say, no, my morals, my belief is that this is not appropriate for my child. And I make a strong no. And then you have made a choice, which is what this whole experience is about, right? Is that's this, right. They, they call third density the choice, you know, or the choice point because it, it's, and what's so interesting that, that my team has shared with me, they're like, listen, because every, you know, my ego wants to do one and done. So it wants to be like, I made my choice and I'm done and I don't have to do it anymore. And it said, no, 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 you have free will. Therefore you're going to have to wake up and choose again and wake up and, you know, choose again, the next moment, choose again. And it's, it's not about, um, because we have that right to change our minds and go a different direction at any point. They even talk about your, your polarization isn't even set in stone. You can polarize very positive and then suddenly ricochet into negative. But that can happen just as a person who polarizes negative can sort of see the light and turn into positive. So it, it's not a set in stone deal like my ego so wants it to be. It really is this continual, it's, it's effort, but it's for our benefit. Yeah. I woke up from a dream years ago and a voice was talking to me. The image was of seaweed. I was literally underwater looking at um, macrocystis, the seaweed in, on the... Um, you know, around Monterey Bay, it really just blankets the bay. It grows like, I don't even like so, it grows so fast. And that's what, you know, the otters love, sea otters love. And, and so I was watching this seaweed and I was in this neutral space of receiving this teaching. And this voice was saying, 
patterns aren't aren't negative or it's like the pa patterns can are just patterns they can be negative and they can be positive and it takes this is what the voice said takes seven years for a new positive pattern to imprint into the morphogenic field and to be solid and anchored in it takes seven generations and so when you have something as ancient as seaweed that only has a positive pattern. And now look at how genius macrocystis is. It's a genius like consciousness on the planet because it's millions of years in the making of a positive pattern repeating and repeating and repeating. And so they're saying repeating patterns isn't a bad thing, but you wanna repeat and strengthen the positive patterns. So they, I suddenly saw human beings who have been through trauma and have been through multi-generational trauma. And then we need to bring in these healthy circles and healthy communities and healthy ways of communicating and, and being with each other um, with generosity and teaching our children new healthy patterns. So the negative side knows this, they understand this and they're seeding for the future, future, future generations, they're seeding negative patterns now that are gonna create mm -hmm. mutations and dysfunctionality and perversions in the consciousness for the future, where it's gonna be normalized yeah. in the future for these perversions to be what you know, whatever they want them to be. But yeah. for us, we are the seeders of the new earth by unplugging from the insanity and fully focusing on our permaculture communities, on our biodynamic farming, on our, you know, like sane patterns. And then every generation we foster the next generation insanity. That's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. After four years of spending time developing goal-setting contents with my Epic Year workshop, I've developed a proven system for consistently crafting a sole goal strategy for my clients. However, I noticed many clients struggled with implementing their goals. They let their inspiration slip away before they take inspired action, which leaves them feeling fear, self-doubt, and confused. So I've created Mercury Pod coaching program for people who know their goals and want support, inspiration, and accountability to help them take quick action and get traction towards their big dreams. And I've got exciting news. If you're listening to this in early August, the next Mercury Pod is about to launch on August 7th, 2022. So in the Mercury Pod, what you get are weekly laser coaching sessions with you support every day through our private telegram channel and one private session one-to-one -one with me where we are working on a project for you that month that is going to launch you towards your big goal and you know i've seen so much transformation in a short period of time from people who recognize what it is they want and then just get a little support on how to go after it. Because a lot of times what gets in our way are our fears and our blocks and our self-doubt and a lack of self-trust. So if you need help moving the needle to get traction towards where you're intending to go, let me support you with Mercury Pod Coaching. You can check it out by going to mercurypod.gr8, the number eight, .com and read more about it there. You can contact me through this podcast at hello at blithestarlight.com and I'd love to support you. And the cool thing is I do Mercury Pod every month. You do not have to do it every month. You can jump in when you need support. Go to mercurypod.gr8.com and get started with me. You know, one of the things my team always says to me, and I love it, is there's nowhere to go but up. You know, an ascension cycle literally means we're going upward. It is happening. Um, 
Whereas if we look at like the fall of Atlantis, they already had an ascension before they descended into the next cycle, right? So we, we're going to go up. Now the question is, how are we going to do this? Are we going to have to have catalyst after catalyst get us to choose what we want? You have, or are we get, yeah. Right. You have the catalysts you need. Every single person, it, it's, will experience events and will be triggered by the events they need to be triggered by, and that is their catalyst to make their choice. There are things going on on the planet right now that I am not triggered by, where somebody else will be very, very triggered by it, right? Right. And right. so I that's don't so need, true. that's not my catalyst, right? I And yeah. so those of us, um, yeah, it's, it's like we need different catalysts in order to bring us well, like, right. I mean, make the, our choice to make our choice to make our choice. And that catalyst is going to change, change, change as you get more and more the into the unifying. And that's one of the things I hear when I talk to people is they'll be like, what, why didn't that wake them up? And I'm just like, it, it's not you know, it woke, well, <laughs> it's not Sorry. their catalyst. That, that wasn't the thing that they were like, this is not a big deal to me. I'm right. just going to keep moving forward in the right. same direction I go. Right. And it'll be something else, which probably won't trigger you. It probably won't. Cause I feel like it, as soon as this whole process wakes you up and you process that and everything that that means, and you start to see things with new eyes, then it's like the next thing that comes, you are like, oh yeah, there's more catalyst. <laughs> That's yeah. going to wake some people up. You start to like watch it rather than feel like you're yeah. affected by it. Yeah. Um, and then of course the things that do affect you, that's the perfect opportunity to make a conscious choice about what do you want this to be? And so, um, so people can get your book, um, which is planetary ascension. They can get that on Amazon. Can they get it in? I have the awesome paperback copy, but are, is it also available in digital Kindle. as well? It is. You can get the okay. Kindle version as well. Yes. Fantastic. And, and if people want to work with you, Maria, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, the best way is to go to my website, which is sacredfuture.org. So it's not plural. Sometimes people make that mistake. Sacred future. <laughs> Many, yeah. A lot of people do. I'm like, there's one future. There's one future. There's one future. <laughs> one highest timeline future, one golden age future. Um, sacredfuture.org and uh, from there you can see that I do private sessions um, the quantum recalibration sessions as well we have an ongoing monthly membership group called Ascension Support Circle and we have an announcement going out right now that um, my helpers have brought through this the flow of 2023 and our monthly gatherings are gonna be very focused in 2023. We're still gonna have like the single drop-in for just the for just the quantum healing treatment on the third Saturday. You can do that still. But if you become a member, you have the Wednesday and then the following Saturday, and we are gonna deep dive. We're gonna actually um, kind of like invite people to have accountability buddies. And we're going to be focusing on preparation for ascension with a focus first on physical health and then we're going to go into emotional health and then we're going to go into mental health and then we're going to go into etheric and then astral and then it'll take us straight to um, a solstice celebration um, at the end of 2023 so find out more about ascension sports circle and if that kind of community might be something you want to dive into Oh, that sounds beautiful. And so um, any last message that you want to leave the audience with as we're talking about ascension? What, what's the little nugget you want to share with people before we go? Um, ascension is a word. Don't get hung up on it. And ascension, some people say it's something that's happening outside of us, but it's it's all you, you know, you're at the center of the universe. You're especially at the center of your universe. And when you remember to relocate 
yourself and you're, you know, when you're mapping, where am I in the universe? You're at the center. And that means that the flow of energy is all coming into you, right? All the resources from, from all this benevolent, loving universe is flowing into you to support you. And it's endless. There's endless energy. It's infinite energy. And you get to channel and direct that for the highest good of all, for your highest good, in service to love, in love for yourself. So to remember that, and when you get pulled out of yourself into too much distraction outside on the horizontal plane, get really pulled into the trauma drama that's happening in the world, just take three deep breaths, close your eyes, and feel your heart and land yourself again right at the core of your heart and keep breathing there and remember you're at the center you're at the center and that center is peace it's joy it is love live from there thank you yeah thank you so much that's a beautiful message to end on and thank you so much for giving your time today to talk about this topic it's it's one of my favorite topics to talk about and i absolutely adore <laughs> chatting with you um so if you want to meet up with maria check out her what was the the membership called ascension circle support or circle. ascension support ascension support circle. yes that sounds like a really amazing opportunity and you can find her again at sacredfuture.org thank you so much maria Thank you, Therese. Aloha. Thank you for joining me. You can now find Blythe Starlight on Patreon, where you can join me on the journey of creating more tools for helping people go from awakened in their intuition to activated. Be sure to visit me at blithestarlight.com and subscribe. That way you'll never miss an episode of the Modern Mystic Soul podcast, which can also be found on Spotify, iTunes, and all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest as Blythe Starlight. And don't forget to grab your copy of my book, Confidence is Magic, on Amazon today. Until next time, stay magical.